This is a classic podcast from Unqualified Gamers. Hear more at unqualifiedgamers.com. So, what are we? I'm Cody. I'm John. And Finn. Jonathan. Wh- I'm John. Which one? I'm all three. I'm all three of them. John, Jonathan, and... And Uthin. And Unqualified. Yes, and Unqualified. Wow, I'm four things today. Okay. I, did you hear me take my pants off just now? No, uh, but that makes us a legitimate podcast, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, now the episode can really start. Um, I also am Unqualified, so we should probably do a, a video game podcast in with, and just just follow along with me here. Okay. Humor me. I, I was thinking we should do a Yep. No, I'm following you. A video game a video game podcast where two. No, that would never work. Okay, you're right. No, we should do a video game podcast, though. One where two guys that have no business talking about video games talk about video games. I think that would be really good. What? What? What if we? What if we talk? What if? What if? What if? What if? What? What if? What if? What if we talk about metal, rock metal, like metal, metal, the the musical decoupage, decoupage, yeah, as it were. I'm glad we were both on the same page. Were we? Yeah, we were. And I, you know what? I'm totally in on this metal decoupage that we're about to talk about. So, listener, you have found your way to unqualified a meta, metal decoupage podcast where two guys who know nothing about video games. Or metal decoupage. Well, I never said that. I don't think we're that unqualified. All right. So, two people, two people that don't know anything about video games or uh, knitting talk about video I games. I actually know a little bit about knitting. Well,. You've ruined everything. Sorry, excuse me, because my ex-girlfriend would knit while I played video games, so I learned about knitting. Okay, you you know nothing about knitting. Yes, I do. Okay, what's a cross stitch? It's a kind of stitch that you knit. Yeah, see, I, no, that's I don't think it is. I think I think I might have just made that word no, up. No, a cross stitch is definitely a thing. No, I she would talk about knitting. It's not like I just. Like, she was over, and there was knitting happening for several hours at a time, and I was completely oblivious to all of it. There are rows, and there are different gauge needles. Oh, like for heroin? See, I know about gauges of needles. Do you now? Yeah. Okay. I mean, for shots, not for heroin. Could you shoot heroin with a diabetes needle? Uh, that is, in fact, the most common way to shoot heroin. Really? It is. And now you know, listener, metal decoupage. Right. That is something I'm qualified to talk about. But before we talk about video games, we talk about our weekends because John and I are people. Well, because John and I ha- have lives. No. Cause, nope. Because j- just, be- just because, like you, listener, we a weekend exists in our timeline. Yes. Now, whether we do anything with them, that is... Uh, that's debatable, obviously, but we do have them just like you do. Actually, even that is debatable because last uh, week when we discussed your quote-unquote weekend, you said, I worked all weekend. I didn't really have a weekend. That was it. I mean, that, Wait, that, but that how did I how did I say that last weekend when that's what I did last weekend? I don't work two weekends in a row. Last week. Last week. So over the weekend, Tell me about I, it. I worked. That's what I, I am going to punch your mouth. No, no, I really did. I really did work this past it weekend. Wasn't I don't know. Weekend. It was a, 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 a No, this this was my weekend to work. Okay. 
But uh, I did, and I think I know. So I'm getting, I'm getting sick. I'm getting like a sinus infection, um, and my my wife is getting sick too. So it's just a wonderful house to be in right now, right? And uh, I cleaned up the yard, and if if you you know, my yard is big. Like I got a, I've got a relatively large yard, um, front and back, and I've got five, six trees, one of which is this giant oak tree in my front yard. Like, huge fucking oak. It has a billion leaves on it. That's an estimation. It's somewhere between a billion and two billion, but I like to, you know, play it safe and round down. Sure. Um, and this year, all of the leaves and all of the trees decided they were going to wait until mid-November to finally finish falling down. Uh, normally, I don't have any problems cleaning up the yard, because it's still pretty nice outside when I have to do it, but This year, because it waited so late, it was like 35 to 40 degrees all of the days that I could have cleaned the yard. So finally, I picked a day because I just, I had to, because you can't leave that shit on the ground. Uh, And I cleaned, and everything had finally dried up because we had a lot of moisture uh, over like the past week and a half. You just alienated all of our female listeners, by the way, because they dislike that word. Oh, I didn't know that was a female-specific uh, how about condensation? Ooh, that see that word actually uh, gives me a makes me a raging erection. Yes, or a, a or a rerection. A rerection. Yes. So so and everything was super dry, and I mulched all the leaves with a lawnmower and bagged them, and all that shit went all up into the air and got into my nose. And for the next two days, I I sneezed probably a hundred times per and then minute. After, Oh, it's what I, that is exactly what I said. I don't, I, I don't remember saying it, but I think that's what I said. Oh my God. And, and so I sneezed a hundred times a minute for the next two days. Um, again, rounding down, it was probably more than that. Um, and, and after that, the rest is history. Like all of a sudden I woke up the next day and like fucking head hurts, sinuses are burning. And it's just the point where I know, like I am doomed. Like this is the point where I'm only going to descend into the dark, the darkest depths of, of cold and sinus infection hell, um, and it's not going to be fun. Do but I'm going to persevere. I'm going to do that. Do you have Do you have the T virus? If I do, I'm still alive right now. Okay. So who's so. going to kill you if you have it? I guess a podcast listener. Because I'm vol- I'm volunteering. No, I need it to be some sort of impartial third party because I want to be able to give you some stuff when I die. And if you kill if you kill me, you're you're gonna be in jail. But it, you're already dead, technically. You're gonna kill me after I'm dead. Yeah, if you have the T virus, I'm saying who's gonna kill you? Like my wife's a lawyer. You don't want to f- with this. Like, this is a big. Um, yeah, no, this is not. You could screw something up real bad. Listener, in case you're unawares, the T virus is the virus from uh, Biohazard, the video game series, colloquially known. Colloquially known, colloquially known, is uh, Resident Evil 3. And uh, the Resident Evil 3 series involves the T-Virus, which makes people zombies, which means... It's really good that you're bringing this back down to make us unqualified again. <laughs> I was told that we were becoming dangerously qualified, so... Who told you Everything that? that you just said, which was incorrect. People, the industry, Microsoft... Okay, I was right about it being called Biohazard in Japan. No, that's right. And Resident uh, Evil 3 not, is the name of the series. It was not, that's, 
Resident Evil 3 is not the name of the series. Yeah, it what, is. What, what is this Resident Evil 3? There's Resident Evil per- 3 and then Resident Evil 3 2 and then Resident Evil 3. Oh, Resident Evil 3 3. Yes, Nemesis. Oh, you're, oh I see what you're Yeah, Nemesis the third. Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. No, right. not the third. Now you're just being silly. So that's what you did this weekend. No, what I did you this weekend. Resident Evil 3 3 3. What I did this weekend for a seamless transition is a couple of friends visited from out of town, and it was really fun, the end. That's good. We play, a lot, of, we play a lot of video games. That's good. Uh, did, you, did you use your Wii U? Uh, nope. Really? That seems like... A waste? Like, having people in the same room as you seems like the time you would use it. So, we watched a lot of Dragon Ball Z Abridged, which I have now... That's not playing video games. All right. It, you, back, back up. We played a lot of video games. I ask you about a video game thing that you played, and then you tell me you watched stuff. All right, that's not word. Not on the same page here. Let's back the truck up. Beep, beep, beep. Okay, what did you play? Dive, dive kick. kick. Did you? Yeah. Was it pretty good? We played a bunch of dive kick, and uh, well, okay. Well, first we played Dungeons and Dragons Chronicles of Mystara. Oh, did you finally get a chance to play that? Yeah. Yeah. How is it? Um, it's it's fine. I, and so here's an annoying thing: it does not support local multiplayer online. So like, oh, so you can't you can't like set up a party of a few people in the same room and then also go online. Yeah, that's why you didn't hear from us is because you could only play because our friend John, who lives in Russia, really was mad when he found out we played. But we actually discovered this when he was in town, so I'm not sure why he doesn't remember this. <laughs> but yeah, it couldn't have been the three of us. If if it was the three of us playing, we couldn't have gone online. So we just played it locally. Oh, that's, that's kind of a bummer. It was fine. So we just played it locally for a bit, and then somebody took a shower or something, and I decided it would be a good time to start a new game of Civilization Five, uh, which is which is one player. But see, Will, our friend, was over, and he's really good at Civ Five, like unnecessarily good at that game. But he's better than you. He's No, he's good. He's, like, better than me and uh, Max, our other guest. He's He was... He's the... I don't know how good... you And you've said you're not good at the game. I don't think I'm that No, great. Will is definitely the best of the people I know at that game. And so I thought to myself, well, I'll start a new Civ and have him, like, help me and kind of show me what he's doing. So... He coached me through my first few turns. Then we got hungry, so I had to go shower, and, and then we were going to go eat. Hop in the shower, and I get out, and he already had, like, two World Wonders built and, like, all this other stuff. And I'm just like, what did you do? And I took, like, maybe a seven- or eight-minute shower. I'm not, like, a long shower guy. Sure. So I don't know what he did, but that was kind of fun. Uh, we meant to play Seven Wonders, but we didn't get around to it. The board game Seven Wonders... You've, yep. you've played that, right? It's fun. Absolutely. It's a great game. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, and so we played a little more dive kick, and and just as I got out, actually, I actually got out Smash Brothers, and just as I got out all of the controllers, someone else showed up, and we had to stop. Oh. So uh, we also saw Thor 2. Yeah, how was that? Oh, we all liked it a lot, actually. Did you, have you not seen it? Nope, have not seen it. Uh, didn't have a lot of desire to see Thor, to be honest. Did you see the first one? No. Oh, okay. This one's well for listener. If you've not seen it, it's much better than the first one. Uh, I didn't. I didn't dislike the first one, but it was clearly not a uh, a top tier. It wasn't like 
on the level of Spider-Man 2 and X-Men uh X-Men First Class or anything like that. But it was it was entertaining. Yeah. You know, it was comparable to one of the Iron Man movies probably. Uh but we all liked it a lot. It was surprising. It was very cool. Now that Chris Hemsworth is like super popular in terms of in terms of actors, I can see why they put more money behind it if they did. You know what I mean? Cuz like he was a lot he was a lot less popular when the first Thor came out, but now he's fucking everywhere. Yeah, that's true. Um, no, he was good. Um, yeah, it was just generally enjoyable. And uh, the three of us that went are very diverse in many of our interests. So I was surprised that all three of us enjoyed it. But my coworkers concurred that they liked it too. So um, good. yeah, go see Thor 2. And Excellent. to transition, the other thing I did this weekend is uh, – wait, no, I had a transition. Nope, it's wait, gone. Okay, so let's just let's just talk about what the other thing you did this weekend then. What's the other thing I did this weekend? Whatever you were about to transition to. No, no, that was a tra- there's a transition later that I'm going to do, but first I have to talk about what our listener played this weekend. We are we are devolving rapidly. We are we are alluding to future transitions. Yes. This has been we have we have we have lost. I'm actually we have lost to the game of podcasting. I'm not teasing actual content that's going no, to happen. No, now you're teasing you're teasing transitions yep. <laughs> that are going to happen. It'll that's happen. Very good. Yeah. All right. So uh so I said well, I posted a picture of the Simpsons arcade cabinet. I played the Simpsons arcade game a couple weeks ago at a bar. It's I fucking love that game. Yeah, it's it's a classic. So I, I posted a picture of that and I said what are you playing this weekend? Uh, our listener Brandon said, "My childhood." I don't know that's, if that's a game. I th- I think he may have been looking at the picture of the Simpsons arcade cabinet and saying, "Oh my gosh, that was like a piece of my childhood." But it wasn't a complete sentence, and thus did not complete a paragraph. Oh, I see. So I don't know. Um. Now, Justin is playing more Pokemon X. He said he finished his Kalos Pokedex. What does that mean? That is the region that that game is takes place in. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's impressive, Which, huh? It's pretty impressive, yeah. And from what I thought I saw, that's like 450 Pokemon? In just Kalos? Yeah. Really? Yeah, like they put – that's how many Pokemon are in that freaking game. It's huge. Uh, <laughs> and that doesn't include like you know the three hundred other like the Pokedex is up to seven hundred and sixty or something like that seven hundred sixty five. Okay, well congratulations, Justin, on finishing. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, and then later this month, or no, I'm sorry, next month. Later next month, they're going to open up the PokeBank, and it's the online service. It's basically the PokeCloud, and so you'll be able to put your Pokemon in the cloud from various games and then like transfer them to other games. Is pronounced PoCloud? I don't think that's how it's pronounced. So our listener Nora said, my sister's coming back to Baltimore for the weekend, so whatever she wants. Good for you, Nora. Playing whatever your sister wants. And also good on us for having a listener in Baltimore. That's really far away. It is far away. I'm guessing Secret of Mana. Why? Because that's what you play when, like, if if my brother came back and actually wanted to play something with me, that is what we would play because that was one of the only games we played together when I was a kid. Oh, all right. That's fair. 
And uh, actually, our other listener, Jonathan, said, can't get enough of Pokemon Y. So go trade with Justin because he has everything. I guess what that means is that the people that have fallen for Pokemon have, like, really fallen for that game. Do you blame them? No, I thought it was great. Yeah, so. But, I, you know, you know, one of my, one of the things I was thinking about as I reflected on, uh, on my poke adventure uh, after that save debacle mm-hmm. was at, when, when you get to the end of the game, and I know they have increased the amount of content to do at the end of the game. Uh, and I've read all about that content that's available. It ultimately boils down to doing online battling, right? But wait, what? What relies on online battling? Like, the, like if you want to extend your Pokemon adventure beyond, like beyond the beyond beating the Elite Four and and becoming the trainer extraordinaire of the region, right? Oh, beyond the end game, okay. Exactly. Like, like the thing that it boils down to, like you can breed a bunch of Pokemon and all that kind of stuff. And if that's your thing, that's your thing. But it, the end of like, that is to the end of then getting in Poke battles with other people. Right. But the thing about Pokemon is that when you like, I think there's a ladder. So I think there's a ladder to determine like where you are in on the Poke ladder, but there's nothing else. So, for me, it seemed like there was no. There needed to be some other form of progression, and I didn't see it there. So, like for me, I, it wasn't something I was interested in doing. So you beat the game, right? No. Oh, no, that's because right, you stopped I, after you forgot. To I stopped after hours. after I after I lost, you know, ten hours of progress. Yeah, yeah. You didn't really lose it so much as you just shit it away. I did. I shit all over the bed. Yeah. So there's that. Um. And my other question to you is, why did you not mention in our Pokemon episode of the podcast that there are ladder matches? Uh, it's there's so it's less ladder and more money in the bank matches. So there are money in the bank ladder matches in Pokemon X and Y. Yeah, but everybody uses Charizard because he can fly. So it's like it's kind of stupid. Wouldn't you use Onix because he's really tall? Onyx has an evolved form now. Why would I, why would you ever use Onyx? What again? is Onyx's evolved form? Steelix. Everybody knows. Okay, this. why wouldn't you use a Steelix? Because that would be dumb. He's way too heavy. Okay, why wouldn't you use his third evolved form then? There is no third evolved form. Everybody knows this. Yes, there is. The third evolved form of Onyx is on Star Trek Voyager. His name is Neelix. That's what Onyx and Steelix evolve into. Is a whatever he is on Voyager. He's a cook. He's a he's a, he's a chef. That's he's, what he does. He's a chef type Pokemon. That can you listener? Can you tell how slap happy we are after last week's intensely serious two hour long discussion about Gone Home? It was. You know, I knew what Neelix was at one point in my life because I loved Star Trek Voyager, but now I can't remember what his race is. Uh, trillion. Stupid. He was a trillion. He was stupid. That's he, he was, was. a trillion. He was a trillion. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Well, that's very good. Also stupid. He was stupid. Speaking of Gone Home, in retrospect, uh, I, we don't have to launch into a Gone Home thing, but I was looking at my bank statement, uh, Mint Mint dot com. Do you ever use that? Is that where you can print your own money? Yeah, yeah. This seems like this seems like the best website ever. Yeah. So I was on Mint printing my own money. Uh, it's budgeting software. I was looking at my transactions from the previous week, and I just see this gaping – I don't budget a lot of money for video games, like, officially. Like, I've got a little kind of spillover, leftover money in my budget every month in case I need to buy, like, I don't know, shoes 
or like uh, socks. I, I don't know why those are the things that came to mind, but anyway, my spillover funds, and I see on Mint nineteen ninety nine, and I'm like, gosh, that's a lot of money. That was on Gone Home, wasn't it? And it was, and I. That's when it hit me that I was pissed off. I paid twenty bucks for that game. Okay, that's fair. So I know it's worth the experience and all that. And if you want to hear two hours of conjecture about the subject, listener, just listen to last week's episode. But no, nah, twenty bucks, not nah, that. I was I was kind of pissed when I saw that. I'm just like, really? Because Thor, I saw in a movie theater with two of my really good friends, and it was really entertaining. And it was it wasn't even fifteen bucks in Chicago downtown. Uh huh. So, I don't know. And Thor was funnier. So, suck it. And that brings me to my next point. Video game news. Yeah, that's something that I mean, we didn't talk about last week because we just didn't have... We simply didn't have time last week. But there's been some interesting news. Um, <laughs> the, the PlayStation 4 came out. Yeah, I can't believe we released a podcast the day before... A next-gen console came out for the first time in eight years and didn't even mention it. Yeah, that's kind. Of, I guess that's bad on We're us. We're really unqualified. We're yeah. so unqualified. That's pretty bad. So how do you like your PS4? I didn't buy one. So how do you like it? I'm not going to buy it. Why? At least not now. I don't... I, I feel like I have made the transition to be a PC gamer. And so now I need some sort of exclusive game that's going to convince me that it's a system I need to buy. Sure, I agree. And and I, it's funny because I have I haven't. It's not so much that I've turned into a PC gamer, but I've turned into a console gamer that likes paying PC gamer prices. Like I, I mean, I play Civilization Five, but other than that, if a game requires a mouse and a keyboard, I'm probably far less likely to play it. And honestly, that's why I don't play Binding of Isaac or FTL. You know, I guess, okay, so, sure, okay, I guess I can agree with that. So I guess that's more of what I mean. Well, no, you're an FTL that, guy. You play games that aren't controller games. I do, and I play a lot of League of Legends, so... Yeah, so, yeah, I, so <laughs> you're totally not wrong. But I guess what I mean is when I have the option, like, if I've got a cross-platform game like Assassin's Creed now, for instance, um, I would rather buy that on the PC and play it that way than play it on a console in my living room. Okay, yeah. Yeah, me too. That, that's more of what I mean. And my PC is hooked up to my TV in my living room, so anything I get it on is going to be on my TV. Uh, but uh, did you see South Park last week? I didn't. I heard some great things about it, though. I heard it was pretty darn good. It's a parody of Game of Thrones, and it's about the console wars. Yeah. That is two of my favorite things. I assume that you really liked it. And it's done in South Park style. So, yes, I am dying for uh, the, the conclusion because it's a two-parter. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm going to have to watch you it. You will. Southparkstudios.com. They're all free. Yeah, I'm going to have to watch All the episodes I heard it was great. Yeah, I mean, it. I think it starts a little slow, but it definitely has its moments. At least watch the highlights, and then this week you can watch more. But it's it's really solid. So uh, that's been the highlight of the console war for me. And uh, I don't really want to talk about like a lot of the nitty-gritty. Like, first there were reports that consoles are broken, and then there were reports that the reports are wrong, and then there were reports that reporting is terrible, and then somehow the conversation turned into talking about 
Edward Snowden and Obamacare. And I'm not sure where no Obama, no Obama, <laughs> no Obama. I don't know how things got derailed in that way, but uh, the console wars are in full swing. Xbox One comes out this week, and uh, we'll see what happens when the dust settles. And if you're on the other side, go Obama, go Obama, go Obama. Uh, I hate you so much. Meanwhile, in my world, I'm getting a uh, Legend of Zelda Link Between Worlds 3DS XL Special Edition on Friday, uh, and then going to the Legend of Zelda Symphony of the Goddesses Second Quest. Oh my god, that Zelda game is getting such positive buzz. Yeah, except for f***ing Destructoid, which gave it a 6. Yeah, that's kind of weird. I know. I, there's always one, right? I mean, on Rotten Tomatoes, there's always, like... Like, for Gravity, there's the one front-page guy who gave Gravity a, a rotten rating, right? I mean, there's always, like, the guy. Yeah. Well, thanks, Destructoid. Yeah, I'm, I'm really... I feel good about the reviews. I feel good at yeah. Except for IGN, which gave it a 9.4... Which, yes, is objectively good, but they gave Gone Home a 9.5, and I'm pissed about that. I mean, I'm sure you'll play it and you'll love it, but to be fair, like, comparing those two games is ridiculous. There's no, like, there's no way to compare those two games. Okay, that's like saying you can't compare Modern Warfare 3 and Civilization 2. You can totally compare them. You just shouldn't. On the... <laughs> okay. Then that's, then that's fine. <laughs> then we can... We can... We can talk about rating scales and all that, you know, in the future. But uh, that's just how they do it, and it, it is what it is. Well, it just sucks because the video game industry is in a rate culture. Have you noticed that? It is dictated by a rate culture, and all that matters is the ratings. It was, but to be fair, that game was asking for it. What? what? Ah, <laughs> uh, you made a funny joke as well. Uh, we do not condone ratings here. No, actually, I, I have read a lot about how, uh, like, they give bonuses at some gaming companies they based do. on Metacritic ratings. They do. How they do. Sick give. is that? That's pretty dumb. It's terrible. So then they end up. The problem is they end up adding features to games that just cater to reviewers, which is stupid. It's pretty dumb. Yeah, it's pretty dumb because you'd never you you wouldn't find that with movies. Like a movie is not going to get a uh, more money. I mean, it's going to get more money indirectly based on its ratings because you would think that if a movie gets rated higher, it's going to be seen more often. You would think if a game gets rated more highly, it would be bought more often, right? But there's just there's some weird stuff in the industry that just doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Whatever that yeah, it doesn't matter. The the system came out and from what I've heard from the people that actually have gotten their hands on it and have been able to like use it and stuff, it's pretty cool. And the share button is as cool as people are as people thought it was gonna be. Oh good. Yeah, like when I initially heard the share button, I thought, man, this seems really cool. And it really is just as simple. Like you link your Twitch account to the system and it is simple. It is as simple as just hitting the button and you are then sharing what you're playing. And if you buy the camera, like the the Kinect-like camera, it's a $60 camera. If you buy that, you can get the picture-in-picture deal that you get with like a webcam on Twitch. Oh, yeah? So you could like, you know, put yourself in the corner of one of the videos. And that's all you need to do a stream of yourself playing a video game. That is cool. It's impressive. It's really cool. But uh, Xbox One's going to give it a run for its money because do you, do you know you can watch TV on your TV with the Xbox One? I heard that you can also watch a football game and talk to somebody like they were on the telephone. That's, I've never heard of such a thing. 
we're trolling hard. We're tro- so <laughs> you can you can apparently you can like play a game of they've they've advertised especially in like playing a game of Madden and then watching NFL football on TV. I don't know for the two percent though point two percent of people that find that interesting. Good on you. That feature is going to be there for you. Yeah, well, somebody's got to. I mean, football has to be able to be enjoyed in some way. Football. <laughs> Here's what I'm trying to say in in English words. Uh, people in the Midwest have to find some way to enjoy bo- football uh, this season because the Packers are done, the Bears are done, the Vikings are terrible, <laughs> the the Lions are the only like reasonably good team in the NFC North at this point. Am I right? Yeah. I mean, it's like yeah. really sucks for everybody. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. So. Oh, well, what can you do? Anyway, uh, so do you have anything exciting or important you want to say about PS4 or Xbox One? No, I, I like it. Like I told, like I told you, I, I'm sure there's going to be some sort of Japanese role-playing game that's going to convince me to buy it. Like Final Fantasy 15, kind of a bummer that that's not coming out on PC because I'd buy it on PC if it did. Um, but I will buy one of the systems for that, most likely the PS4. All right, that's fair. And I, uh, my my big thing is going to be that sequel to Xenoblade that's going to come out on the Wii U, and if I don't own a Wii U by then, I will certainly be buying a Wii U for that game. Oh, nice! I, I actually was kind of, it's kind of too bad that my friends didn't visit this coming weekend because um, Mario 3D World comes out this week. I know, and that's pretty exciting too. That's going to be a game that is, it's definitely on my radar. Yeah, yeah, I played the demo at E3, and it was super fun. Uh, very much like Mario Galaxy, only times four pleep, people, people, four people can play. It. Four people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it probably helped that I was playing it with a really, really attractive trade show model, but mm-hmm. maybe not. I don't know. Uh, in other gaming news, uh, rewinding to the last gen, they did set a release date for uh, Final Fantasy X and X2 HD Remaster. Okay. They come out in March or April or something, and I don't care because it's stupid. Yay! Listener, don't buy it. But in better gaming news, on the PlayStation 3, they just announced downloadable content for The Last of Us, which is very exciting. Which is, that's kind of exciting. Oh, and speaking of which, speaking of downloadable content, uh, the Bioshock uh, DLC came out. So that is ready for me to play which i need to do i heard it's underwhelming but it's uh the first half i was really hoping you were gonna say underwater it's under which was which which would have been accurate it's the word i was looking for um i'm gonna wait until the second half of it comes out because i'm gonna be really pissed off if i'm in the middle of playing it and then suddenly it's like to be continued because i mean no no video game has ever done that before final fantasy 13 too no video game's ever done that before um so i'm not really worried about it but just in case yeah okay uh but uh before you interrupted my last of us mention and talks about bioshock infinite the last of us dlc is my seamless transition of the episode this is the one you were talking this about? This is the one I was talking about. Oh my god, I've been waiting for this all episode. I know, so this is the seamless, seamless transition. transition. Of the episode. Uh, listener, I said several episodes ago, or three, I don't know. I said bef- I have said in the past that I would review The Last of Us. I was hoping to wait for John to play it, but he doesn't do his homework, John... 
I got an F. So I'm not going to go insanely in depth because I beat the game over two months ago. And listener, if you're hearing this, you're probably thinking to yourself either I have no desire to play the game or I also played it two months ago already or more recently than that. It's a really good. Because we've never talked. We've never talked about old games on this show. before. Never, never. But 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 here's what I want to say about it. It circumvents your expectations of video games. It doesn't do that. It, uh, I mentioned in a previous episode, I'm not big into the zombie genre, and that's true of you as well, correct? Yep, that is correct. Yeah, I'm not a, I mean, I'm not a huge fan, but there are certain games that have tickled my pickle, my zombie pickle, uh, as it were. Okay, what, what and games? Those, those, they, it tends to be games where, like, it, focuses a little more like on the slapstickiness of zombies like making it making a very light take on zombies specifically uh lollipop chainsaw yeah i really enjoyed uh and then like uh dead rising now dead really rising like i thought was more serious no oh my god no oh okay absolutely not okay so yeah, so uh, those are kind of the games that uh, tickle my zombie pickle. Okay, and Left 4 Dead 2, I've played that extensively. I was going yeah, very good. I was going to give it away in a Halloween giveaway, but that never happened. So maybe next year, listener, maybe next year you can win a five-year-old zombie game. Or a, That's still really good. For a last-gen console. Yeah, it is, it's good. But The Last of Us, um, in a nutshell, you play as Joel... Um, but the main character of the game is Ellie. The, I mean, the main character is straight up Ellie, and she's a girl who you find out very early on seems to be immune to this outbreak of basically a zombie infection, and you need to try... Well, basically, the story is people want to get her to the right people who can kind of study her DNA and perhaps reverse engineer a cure for this zombie virus. Now, two things to keep in mind are the virus is not supernatural. Not only is it uh, scientifically plausible that this could happen as a virus, but this is actually based on a thing that happens in, like, in nature. It's actually something that afflicts, I want to say, ants? I can't remember. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's spiders. Is it spiders? It might be spiders. It's spiders or ants. It might be, it might be insects in general. Yeah, it's some kind of insect, but it does affect it. And someday down the line, a hundred years from now, there could hypothetically be a mutation that affects humans. So yeah, I want to say it's called. I think I want to say it's called cordyceps. Yes, cordyceps. Yes, yeah. cordyceps. Good, good memory. Good call. Or Google. I whatever you're doing. Well, then again, you're no. I just, I just knew that. I, mean, I just knew that you are also because f- everybody, everybody knows this. Ev- everybody, every, so. this is something everybody knows about the cordyceps virus. Then why am I even explaining it to the listener? Because clearly, our that's, listener knows. Clearly, everybody knows. That's what I'm. Yeah, that's true. Well, the cordyceps. So it's done very realistically, and you find a lot of documentation. Like you, you pick up random notes that are scattered about the game, and they'll talk about, uh, you know disaster areas and evacuating and how to identify stages of the cordyceps infection and it's done in a it's presented in a very realistic fashion um so that's kind of cool that the way that they do that and you play as joel and um there's a 
it's not a hack and slash because you're not only fighting zombies, but you're also fighting humans. And in fact, in the multiplayer for the game, it's humans versus humans. There are no zombies involved in the multiplayer last time I checked. So I found that interesting because most of the zombie media that I've been exposed to is very people turn into zombies. They're the bad guy. Now you fight them. And The Last of Us was my first zombie experience where they take a step back and they say, whoa, hang on. Actually, humans are still really to each other. They're kind of Humans are still kind of Yeah, yeah. Um, so you have to deal with other humans who are not nice and you have to kill them and then get to zombies and kill the zombies and then get past them and get to more humans that are terrible. And uh, the game is split up into four seasons. So you start in, I believe, summer, gets into fall, you go into the winter, and then in, I believe, the springtime is when you... Spoiler, back to summer. Yeah, I don't know when you end the game. Summer, spring, or the eternal night. Ragnarok. Not mentioned in the Thor movie, by the way, but just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, So yeah, um, you have to fight a lot of humans. I thought that was really cool. By the end of the story... And I will not provide any spoilers here, but 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 near to the end of the story, um, the future of the human race is kind of put in your hands, and you're almost given a choice whether to save them or not. And it's interesting because by the time you get there, you've seen so many abysmal humans, you almost kind of just want humans to die. Uh, it is the it is by far the most artistically. I don't want to say artistic. It's it's by far. One of the most effective games I've ever played. Um, one, uh, one of my coworkers, I've mentioned this. One of my coworkers watched the whole game on a Let's Play channel with a little bit of annoying commentary, but it's that good. And when you beat the game, you can you you have a theater mode where you can then watch all the cutscenes in a row. And I think it ends up being two or three hours. Not an exorbitant amount. It's it's digestible. It may be what makes it. I mean, what makes it so effective? So what. Like, why is this game so effective? Oh, I'll get into, uh, yeah, I'll get into that. Um, but I was, I was going to say the theater mode lets you watch it. And the story is so well done that you could just sit there and watch that and be entertained. Um, it's effective because you play as Joel, and at the very beginning of the game, something bad happens to your daughter. And you've played it, and it's really shocking. It's well done and shocking, right? Yeah, very good. I mean, you're, you play it, and you're like, oh, my God, like, they just did that. I mean, it's it's a genuinely shocking opening to the game. And then you fast forward to several years in the future, and then suddenly he's kind of this father figure to Ellie who shows up. And at first he wants nothing to do with her. But the relationship grows in the most natural and relatable and human way I have ever seen done in a video game. The voice acting is – and the voice actor that plays Joel is Troy Baker – who I've mentioned Troy Baker before. Troy Baker did the voice of Snow in Final Fantasy XIII. He did the voice of Booker DeWitt in Bioshock Infinite. And he did the voice of uh, Ryu Hayabusa, the main character of Ninja Gaiden, in Ninja Gaiden 3. I don't know if he did them in 1 or 2, but I know he did in 3. And Your favorite one. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't mind him as Snow, but in as Booker and as Ryu, I hated his voice acting. I just didn't think it fit. I thought it was overplayed. 
I really didn't like it. But in this game, you can't even tell it's him most of the time. He's so good. He's so good. And it's it's a testament. It was an eye-opener for me to realize how big of a difference direction and, uh, you know, art direction and things like that can make in a game. Because th- he just blows it out of the water. The girl who does Ellie is fantastic. All of the voice actors are great. All of the mocaps are great. All of the scenes are real and gritty. And I mentioned this last week. It has the most immersive environment I've ever been in. Because you're going through a lot of abandoned buildings because it's kind of post-apocalyptic and everything's overgrown. But the details they put in there make it seem so realistic. Like, in the back room of any business you walk into, it's got the employee rights for that state, you know, and, like, it's got the big, like, all those big mandatory employee signs you see in the back room of a lot of places. Like, you would see at the back of a cheesecake factory, you know, hanging on the wall somewhere. Right. And just the little touches like that make it utterly, unbelievably realistic to me. Uh, and... uh and yeah, you just you watch the relationship grow. You watch the way they interact with other characters. You watch, you know, characters that are paranoid and don't want to talk to other humans because they're trying to survive. You meet humans that are trying to work together. You meet, uh, you know, old acquaintances, old family members, perhaps uh, you could say, uh, in in some respects. So you just meet a variety of people, and they interact so realistically. None of it is unrealistic. It's it's just it's and between that and the cordyceps being the the driver for this entire outbreak is it's presented so realistically and at the time I played it I played it right after Bioshock Infinite I think I connected better because Bioshock Infinite was really 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 amazingly well done when we've talked about the the environment and how how immersed you can get into it but neither you nor I were alive. In the time period in which Bioshock Infinite is set, right? Correct. I mean, the game doesn't... Well, I was. Well, you were, but you... Well, yeah. Uh, Because we've seen the movies and we've seen a lot of period pieces of art and theater that take place there. And Bioshock Infinite does a great job of that. But The Last of Us puts you there. You are in the 2000s. Everything is just... just, you're, You're able to connect really well. Um, and you're never getting attacked by huge hordes of zombies. There's always a sense of, uh, you know, a sense of danger and urgency. Uh, the only thing that takes you out of it is since Ellie is a character that takes care of herself, much like Elizabeth from Bioshock Infinite, she, you know, you'll be hiding around a corner and she'll just kind of run around and the bad guys won't see her, quote unquote, because the programmers can't program it to where that works out perfectly. But other than that, it's just so good. It seems like there's a lot of parallels you can draw then between it and Bioshock Infinite. Yes. If it's mostly if it's mostly with like set with a hero and then a sidekick type character and they're controlled by themselves and they can take care of themselves and it's a long first per, like it's or not first person but it's a long one like single player story driven story. That's very interesting. Yeah, there are a lot of parallels. Um I very actively disliked Elizabeth's voice acting. I thought it was over dramatic. I thought she just I thought she was it was overacted. I thought it was overacted. 
Um, Ellie, you never get that. Ellie, Ellie could be the best voice actor I've ever heard in a video game. I mean, she's just, she just destroys, she crushes it. And, um, and further, she and all the female characters in this game are presented as incredibly, incredibly strong characters. And you hear this criticism about the video game industry all the time, everywhere, angry commenters, places, articles on Kotaku and Penny Arcade about sexism, uh, Anna Sarkeesian, you know, all these all these stories you hear about the sexism in the industry and the poorly represented female characters and blah, blah, blah. Ellie is definitely the main character of this game. She is definitely the strongest character in this game. Every other f- person in charge in any capacity in this game is female, except for one guy that's, like, kind of a psychopath. Uh, so it's done very, very well. It's very progressive in that way. And the story they tell is a kind of father-daughter-ish relationship with Joel and Ellie, but it's it's really about her journey. Joel, in, in fact, at one point, somebody asks, like, how did you two make it this far? I can't believe you. And he says it was all her. And he's being very genuine in it, uh, and it's very cool. So there's that difference. There is the similarity, certainly, that there's a female following you around in this kind of escort quest, but Ellie is stronger and Ellie is more badass. And by the end, you're, like, rooting for her. She's she's a little annoying at first. She'll occasionally say something, like, that a kid would say, that you're like, what the hell? Why are you being dumb? But, like, you generally grow to like her, and she becomes just this, like really really likable character and at the very end of the game you're by the by the very end of the game your your two characters are just interacting in a way that's just so like you see them grow so much and then the ending is perfectly done the ending is a conclusion that leaves a little bit open and kind of lets you wonder a little bit but the ending is is perfect it's perfect uh so it's a good game the end that's great yeah it's great um, but I would strongly recommend playing it. In terms of the gameplay itself, there's a system where you kind of uh, you kind of crouch. You know the Batman games; you have detective mode. Yeah, where like it, you you get a extra information. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you, when you hit detective mode, everything turns into kind of a black and white kind of wireframe of everything, and you can right. sense people far away. You have this kind of listening where when you crouch as Joel. Uh, you can, everything turns kind of black and white, but you can hear, you can kind of see a couple sound forms and kind of see the outlines of, of other creatures that are nearby. So it's, it's similar to that, but you have to use that listen mode to kind of tell where the zombies are. And when fighting the zombies, you end up sneaking past a lot of them because there's no reason to like fight zombies that could kill you. Uh, whereas with the humans, you have to like pick them off and fight them. It's it's very like Metal Gear Solid kind of stealthy in a way, not nearly as advanced. I mean, the zombies aren't dropping ammo, right? No, it's they're not. Nothing like that. No, and the, yeah, and that's another part of the realistic presentation of the game. So it's just it, it's yep. just the most it's one of the most immersive video game experiences ever. I had never played a Naughty Dog game, and I can definitively say I'm going to play the Uncharted series specifically because of this game. Oh, sure. They are a very well-respected developer now. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Well, yeah. Anybody could have made The Last of Us, and if it turned out the way that this one did, they would become a well-respected developer. 
Right. I had heard good things about Uncharted, but uh, never, just never pulled the trigger for some reason. Never played Assassin's Creed either. I haven't. It's quite so, good. Well, it, it's not quite good. I, it's not for everybody. I I enjoy them. All right. Well, I'll do Assassin's Creed. You do Metal Gear Solid. We'll meet in the middle. Yeah, I don't know when I'm going to have time to do Metal Gear Solid. That series isn't there like 30 hours of talking in every one of those games. <laughs> no, the games themselves are only like 10 to 12 hours a piece of talking. Yeah, a lot of talking. no. The the whole game, like Metal Gear Solid, I think you can beat in eight to 10 hours, and that's including dialogue. So. They're deceptively they're deceptively short. You think they're long, but they're they're actually I mean, I plowed through two Metal Gear Solid games in one weekend, I think. When yeah. I was like binge. I know, I know, and I know they're very good. Yeah, yeah, so you can, whatever. But anyway, point is, no, The Last of Us is great. I really really want you to play it, John. When I played it, I was too scared to play it by myself, so I would only play it when my girlfriend at the time was over uh cuz of my surround sound. It is scary. Uh, it can be scary. You probably won't be scared because you think I'm a wimp, but whatever. I I doubt I will be scared. I mean, I I'm assuming it's I'm assuming that it's more dramatic than anything else. To a degree, but a couple of the well, actually, I think yeah, most of the zombies, if they if they hit you, you're dead. There's a lot of instant kills, which is realistic because if you get bit by a zombie, you're infected. Like, one of the problems I've had with the Resident Evil series and some other video games is you can get bit by a zombie and then use a med kit and you're good. And it's like, I don't think that's how Apocalypse came and happened. So, so is the game really pretty, too? I mean, is that another... Like, is it is that why it's so immersive? Is because it just looks real good, too? Yeah, I would say... I mean, it's not the best graphics I've ever seen, but the graphics are quite good. Uh, they're quite good. And again, just everything is very detailed. Um, so I, I just I liked the game a lot. The gameplay itself could be a little shallow, and I, I have seen some people complain about that. And it can get a little repetitive, and I, and I get that. You do spend a lot of time kind of hiding behind a wall, and then you got to figure out how to pick off the bad guys. But, I mean, that's kind of a lot of games. If you like the game, like I mean, I'm playing Arkham City right now because you got it for me on Steam. I mean, the, the yep. combat's pretty much the same once you get the hang of it. You know, you punch a couple times, you you counter, you throw a couple batarangs, you punch, you can't... You know, it's, I mean, one could argue that there's definitely a degree of repetition in probably a lot of games. I didn't feel bogged down, or I didn't feel like it was monotonous at any point. So, I would give it a 10 out of 10. It's, it's one of the best... It's probably... It's easily one of the best storylines I've ever seen in a video game. It just takes storytelling to the next level, so that is that's good. It's another it's another good uh, way that the that the medium is pushing forward. Then it kind of sounds like yeah, progressive in many ways. And that DLC focuses, I believe, on Ellie, and you can play as Ellie in the DLC. And it's about her and one of her friends. And I don't know if it's a prequel or a sequel, but I'm glad Joel's not in it. And I'm glad I've read a lot of reviews that said we don't want a Last of Us DLC because Ellie and Joel's story has a beginning, a middle, and an end, and it is conclusive and leaves just a little bit of ambiguity at the ending. You can interpret it a couple different ways to a degree, but their story ends at the end of that game, and it's it's so beautiful. Oh, it's just so well done. Well, then hopefully this one is is done well, too. Yeah, I, I, I mean... Yeah. 
part of the problem with DLCs is that a lot of times the group of people that made the game is not the same group of people that is working on the DLC. That's one of the biggest problems with that. Oh, really? And, yeah. And so, and so, like, with the first Bioshock Infinite DLC, for instance, um, in fact, in fact, to take it one step further, um, very rarely does the original developer work on the DLC. It's typically a different team. So it's actually a big deal when the original developer works on a piece of DLC. And that is why um, this new Bioshock Infinite DLC is kind of a big deal. Because Ken Levine oversaw it. That's right, yeah. And so it's kind of a big deal that the original game creator is overseeing a piece of DLC for his game. Because typically, or his or her game. Because typically that's not something that happens. So... um, yeah, I mean, if the original game creators are, you know, if that's if this is something that they are um, participating in, that would be really cool. Yeah, and they, who knows? They, they're probably working on um, they're probably working on Last of Us Two for PS4, um, Electric Boogaloo. Electric Boogaloo, yeah. How did you know that was Last what they're calling the sequel? I've I I follow up on video game news. That's just something I know. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, so, what did you play this weekend? So not necessarily over the weekend, but I I started a game that I have uh, I've heard some things about, uh, but and and bought it a while ago on sale again, but didn't get to it. But it was it's called Dust in Elysian Tale. Uh, that it's Dust um, colon in Elysian Tale because things can't just have a single word name anymore. So there's a colon in it. Yep. I think anything, anything, any media with a colon in the title is just worthless. That's it's, it's pretty. It's pretty strong generalization. Yeah, I know. Uh, so, um, it it's called Dust in Elysian Tale, and it's got a really, really cool story. This is a game that has been from start to finish developed over the course of. And I'm going to get this part wrong. Somewhere like three to six years or something like that by one dude. This includes the music, the visuals, everything. Wow. By one by one dude. And it is a Metroidvania-style game. Yes! Yes! It, it has an art style almost like a Disney cartoon. And it stars some sort of anthropomorphized hero named dust and he wakes up with amnesia and it is very like it it uses the standard tropes of a video game but it does them very well um like the the story is is very good like you wake up you you have amnesia everything is voice acted everything is voice acted and i'm sure he didn't do all the voices i'm sure that like that part's outsourced but um, and you have a, a talking sword and the sword explains to you that like, you'll get, you'll get your, like, you'll get your memory back if you can, you know, adventure and like figure things out basically is what it boils down to. So, and you also, you also meet up with your little anime trope companion, this little like flying cat thing, um, that is basically there for comic relief who has phenomenal voice acting and amazing writing. Like she is legitimately funny, really funny. So, um, but anyway, you, 
start this adventure, and it's a Metroidvania-style game. And I can honestly say that for the first like five hours I was playing this game, it has some of the most gratifying, badass combat I have ever seen in an action game. What? It's insane. So you you it's basically everything's basically done with two buttons. The X button is like your standard attack. Uh, the X well, let's say a three sixteen controller. The X button is your standard attack. The Y button is a, a combo linker that occurs like inside of moves. But there's only like three different combos. So you'll hit X a couple times, and if you hit Y, you grab the the enemy in front of you and you slam them into the ground, and then all the other enemies that are near you go flying. Yeah. And then if you hit X four times, it does like a strong sword combo that's, that does like a strong slash at the end and, and blows all the enemies backwards. So that in itself, not all that interesting. Um, the, but the Y button also serves to do this thing called Dust Storm. And you can do this on the ground and in midair. And what it does is it, it, your main character, Dust, takes a sword and he basically, he, he basically like spins it around in a circle in front of him. And it, you know, it, it's a combo-based system, so it just the hits of your combo start like racking up, and you get that like that reward. You know that rewards in your brain goes off because it's like you know ding 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 ding, ding like one hundred hit combo, two hundred hit combo, that kind of thing as you're doing this dust storm thing. Um, but you just have to hold it down, and you can only hold it down for so long, and and it can be used kind of in the middle of combos. Also, not that interesting. The thing that makes it super duper ultra interesting and fun, and makes you feel like the biggest badass ever, is that. With using the B button on the controller, you can you can use some a magic spell from your your cat, um, and it's introduced hilariously. So like the sword is like uh, you know I can't remember the name of the character now, but it's like try try out your powers because you know they've been unlocked with me being awakened, and so she like you like press the button to use her power, and it just does this like one little laser beam and it's like and she goes well that wasn't very impressive (laughs) but he's like yeah but try using it with your dust storm and so you you in the middle of your combos at any point you can hit the b button to spit out a little piece of magic by your cat and then you can use dust storm at any point in your combo and the 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 spell just explodes depending on the spell that you're using in a variety of ways so like if the very first spell you learn, it explodes into these like heat-seeking light beams that just fly all over the screen and juggle enemies around. And in the meantime, while they're juggling enemies around, you're jumping around and slashing enemies with your sword, grabbing them in midair and throwing them down on the ground. And in, uh, the the second spell you learn is like this fire, this pillar of fire spell type thing, and it's just three little fire balls when if you use it but then when you dust storm it it makes these giant columns of flame appear and just burn everything and they kind of move they move out from each other on the screen and they kind of hang out on the screen for a while so i have never felt so instantly badass (laughs) in a game and had the game be relatively challenging too um you kill stuff real real fast but the game does a really good job of making enemies do a, a decent, like a, a good enough amount of damage, so that you, like, you can't get hit. You can't be reckless, right? So, and I'm playing the game on on hard. There is a an insane difficulty, um, but I'm playing the game on hard, and it's got, uh, it's got like a level up system. I've died a couple times, um, specifically on like bosses because the bosses are quite difficult. Uh, they can be quite difficult, um, 
but it's got like a level up system, so you're gaining experience as you kill stuff. The leveling system is super easy. You're just like putting crystals into one of four different attributes. Um, it's smartly done, uh, and you can definitely feel the progressive progression of becoming more badass. You've got crafting materials that are like constantly dropping from enemies that you can then use to craft new items. So you've got like an equipment system in it um, that doesn't really matter all that much because it doesn't ever really affect the way that you're attacking stuff. Um, I The biggest problem, and I turned so hard on this game, about 10 hours into the game, I... I I simply like became too powerful and the game became too easy. Oh. And the game was so good when when like the beginning of this game is so good because you really do feel like there's some risk like there is some risk to what you're doing and like doing these crazy dust storm combos with the magic spells that you're using. It's just it is awesome. It is fucking awesome. It is awesome. But if you get knocked out of those, like, you can very quickly lose all of your health. Like, uh, you know, if you have 200 hit points at the start of the game, enemies will do, like, 80 damage with an attack. That is significant. Like, you cannot get hit that often. And you don't... It's not super easy to get your health back. But once I've reached the point of the game that I'm at, it's gotten to the point where I can take multiple hits... I can be super reckless and I'm doing way too much damage. What I consider is way too much damage. And so it's taken kind of all of the risk out of the game and it's made the game not as much fun. There's still a great amount of like exploration, really cool exploration. The story is, you know how, remember when we talked about Bastion and we talked about how surprisingly adult the story is? Oh yeah. This is very much in that same vein. Like, surprising it's got a surprising uh subject matter okay specific like it specifically deals with uh with genocide like it it parallels it parallels the nazis oh yeah lovely so soup yes and the like you would look at this visual style and you would you would be like this this game uh and yeah it does so um Super, like, super interesting. The story's really cool. And I just wish the game, like, it grabbed me so hard. Like, it was, it was the kind of game where I sat down and I played it for, like, four or five hours just straight. So it grabbed me super hard. It's just a real shame that it didn't hold me. And it it could have. It could have pretty easily, I think. But uh, this is probably just one of those things where, like, he eventually needed to just get this game out. Because, again, it was done by one dude. So he probably just eventually needed to get this game out. And there was stuff that it was just not going to get fixed, per se. And it probably didn't have, you know... It could have probably had more playtesting. But, again, it was one dude. So, like, I can't fault him for that. There is so much potential in this game, though. And maybe... The game is divided into chapters, and maybe it's just like a bad chapter, because the the first chapter was amazing, the second, who knows, maybe the second chapter is just like a bad chapter, right? Um, But I I just, it's kind of totally lost me at this point, and it's just, it's a real shame. Uh, I mean, totally, yeah. like, because I know you like a challenge, but is, isn't it kind of fun to know that you built up your equipment effectively and now you're just plowing through some guys? Well, part of it too is I feel like I'm I'm gaming the system a little bit because um 
you get you get rings and amulets in the game. So you have like your standard, you know, chest piece and helmet and all that stuff. And you don't another another kind of bummer is that you don't see any of it on your character. So you're filling out an equipment sheet, but you're not actually seeing any of it. You know, it's like, well, I kind of want to see the equipment that I'm equipping. That's eh, old school. Um, yeah, well, I'm kind of old school. Um, no, 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 it's old school but, to not change it. Yeah, right. So, um, but y- you get you get rings and amulets, and they have um, like kind of auxiliary effects, and they're a little game breaking. Like, I found I found two rings that triple the likelihood of of finding items off of enemies, and so as soon as I equipped both of those, I've just been getting health recovery items like crazy and the health recovery items get used instantaneously when you hit the button. So there's no like lag time, um, to make that like a risk to have to recover health. So I've, you know, I've got 50 of like a health recovery item and I can just spam those if I'm ever in trouble to get my health back. Yeah. So it felt, it feels a little bit like I, I kind of cheated the system by that too. So, no, it hasn't totally lost me, and I, like, I what I really should have done is I, sh- I should just go back and play it on insane. I should play it on the insane difficulty, and I bet, I bet it would hold me for the whole time. Then I really do, depending on how it's tuned. So, yeah, that sounds like the difficulty that would be a bit closer to your, uh, your neck of the woods. I think, I think part of the problem too is that I just came off of playing Dark Souls. Like that was the last oh, game that yeah. I completed, and it. It's one of the hardest games I've ever played. And so, like, I I felt so accomplished after beating that game. I felt like it was one of the most gratifying experiences that I can remember in gaming was beating Dark Souls. Yeah. And I, I'm, I, I, like, I want that again. Really, like, really bad. Like, I really want to feel that way again. Because, holy crap, it was awesome. <laughs> Uh, and this just isn't fulfilling that for me. And it probably shouldn't. Like, like I think most games don't do that. Most games don't give you that feeling. But I just, I'm so close to Dark Souls still at this point in, like, my gaming. Because I, I just finished it. So I just kind of, I'm, I'm expecting games to capture that feeling. And I forget that games don't. Like, that's not the standard for games. That is the exception for games. That's true, so. yeah. I mean, growing up, I can only remember one super, re- like, one one of those rewarding, where you fight the same thing over and over and over until you finally beat it, and then you're like, yes! And you feel like you really accomplished something. Yeah, I mean, it's... I think it was probably more common in games when we were kids to have those kind of bosses, but... And those kind of just lo- stages and stuff in games in general, but I think that you know part of it was like they they had to make them kind of generically cheesy because those 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 games were short compared to games of today. Oh, I was so like they needed like stuff needed to be kind of cheesy in some of those like platformers that kind of thing in in Nintendo games. Oh, I was talking about uh, role playing games. Like, maybe Super Mario RPG or might have been Breath of Fire 3 even. Uh, but there there were one or two of those games and, like, you just get to a certain point or boss or whatever and it's like, this is really hard. It probably is Aromas the first time. Yeah, that could the be. The first time it beats Aromas. I mean, it's easy in retrospects, but when you're, like, eight, <laughs> can't really manage a lot of that stuff. Uh, That's stats true. and levels and, yeah, it was that was exciting. 
Well, I'm yeah. So know. so anyway, I would like honestly, if I won't say get this game yet, um, but I'm I I want to keep playing it, and I probably will keep playing it because I the story is genuinely inter- interesting enough that I want to see where it goes. Um, but I just really hope that there's kind of some more enemy mechanics that get introduced a little later because I the game has so it's got so much potential. Um and we'll just see. And like I said, it's got it's got it was done by one dude, which is super impressive. And the other thing is the mu- you would love the music. Really? You would love it, it the music is phenomenal. It is so good. It is on Steam? Yeah. How much? Yeah. Uh seven fifty on sale fifteen. God, that's on- so cheap. Yeah. And uh I know. So last week you said you have no problem putting down a game you're not having fun with. Are you still having a, enough yeah. fun to continue playing this? Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm having fun in the sense that I'm so badass that I'm just rolling everything. Yeah. and like, and like, that is a certain kind of fun. Yeah, right. I mean, like, there is like, there's a reason why games like. Modern warfare are there. You're the you're the lone hero that goes into enemy lines and you single handedly like destroy the entire enemy nation and protect America, right? Yeah. Like there's a reason why that kind of stuff is there, and I get that. But I just came off of an experience where I had so much fun being like the most insignificant character you could be, like just worthless and you had to just do everything based on your own skill so it's just i'm i'm having to rewire my brain a little bit from what i just got done doing yeah you were little mac i was i was ultra little mac is just like like super little okay because like the like way big giant stuff yeah in in that you fight in dark oh i i get so super little yeah not super powered but Little Mac. No. Okay. Oh yeah. No. But like, like ultra, and God. The more I think about it, fucking Dark Souls, one of the best games of this past generation, easily. It's so good. It is so good. I. The game. The game. Did amazing. you play the first two Ninja Gaiden games? Yes, but they were much so. They they do not have something that Dark Souls has that makes Dark Souls so good, and that is this huge exploration component. Like Ninja Gaiden was a fairly linear experience. You just kind of move forward. Eventually you fight a pack of monsters and then you kind of move yeah, forward. Fairly I think, linear. Yeah. I think there are moments where like you can, you can move off the path to find like a power up, right? No, there's, there's little villages. There are a couple spots that are, I mean, they're not huge, but there's a couple spots that are a bit more open nothing like dark souls though like there are these areas where there are areas in dark souls where you will fall off a ledge or something like you'll see a ledge down below you that looks like you shouldn't be able to land on it and you fall off you fall off this ledge because you're like i just wonder because you're gonna die in this game so a lot of times if you're exploring you'll just let yourself die to figure stuff out you'll drop down this ledge and it'll be this like tiny little ledge and you'll fall onto it and you will, in fact, be able to fall on it, which is something that you weren't expecting. Uh, and you're going to be like, you'd be like, this This is like a glitch or something. Like, I found this somehow out of nowhere. But then you turn around, and there's an item there that the developers put there on purpose, knowing that you might luck yourself into finding this item. 
But just it, like that kind of stuff happens all the time in Dark Souls, all the time. The game is so good. You're in Dark Souls, man. So so far, it's so good. Dust in Elysian Tale is not as good as Dark Souls. Is that what I'm hearing? Uh, yeah, I give it 3.7 decapitated cats out of 4.8 uh, dying dogs. Okay, I think that's fair. I think we can all agree on that one. I think it's a it's a fair rating. I think it's fair. I think it's fair. Um, I I wanted to tell you. Do you want to hear my most uh, rewarding video game victory of this generation? Uh, no. Thank you, listener, for listening. Uh, it's been a great episode. So my most rewarding experience was getting one of the trophies in Super Smash Brothers Brawl. Really? Yeah. It was be- what beating. Is the trophy you get for beating Boss Rush mode on the hardest difficulty? Because in boss rush mode, uh, you, you, well, you, you fight a boss and then you go to the lobby. Then you fight a boss, then go to the lobby. And in this lobby, there are three heart containers. And uh, well, in my case, five because I played it co-op with John, our friend in Russia. He wasn't in Russia at the time. This was uh, like four years ago. But it was so hard to beat boss rush mode by yourself. But if you play as Charizard. His forward B attack does a massive amount of damage, just like ludicrous. So with two characters, the downside is neither of you can die. If one of you dies, it's game over. So that kind of sucks because if John screws up, then I get a game over. If I screw up, we both get a game over. It sucks. But but let's be honest, it was never you. It was never me, of course. Uh, but that forward and B attack, when you double its uh, frequency, because you've got two people doing it, the bosses died more quickly, which meant they had less opportunities to attack you and kill you. So overall, it seemed a bit easier than single-player mode. And you could get the trophy from doing it either by yourself or with somebody. And the tricky thing is Taboo is the final boss. There's no way to fight him, like practice fight him. You just have to beat all ten bosses and get to him. And he has a move that is an instant kill attack. What the hell's a taboo? Taboo is the name of the final boss. He's purple. So he has a one-hit kill, and it's he appears in the middle of the screen, and three rapid-fire shockwaves come out of him, filling up the entire screen. The only way to dodge them is by sidestepping, which is blocking down. Uh, you know, the kind of side sidestep dodge. That's the only way to do it, and the timing is nearly impossible to perfect. And John and I, were we played it, I think, for two hours straight, just boss rush mode, maybe three, maybe longer. It was a really long time. And we realized with Charizard, if you dodge the first ring and then the jump into your Pokeball, change into the next Pokemon, Squirtle... Then you dodge the second two by default. So we figured out a way to kind of cheat the system, but you still had to perfectly time it. And when we finally beat that son bitch, it was so gratifying. <laughs> that's, a, that's a much more specific video gaming related uh, accomplishment. Yeah. <laughs> Very, very much more specific, but I understand. I understand the sentiment. Yes. Now. So if you take Dark Souls and however many thirty, forty hours you wrapped into that game, roll it into a four-hour, three to four-hour ball with me and John trolling each other and arguing while we fight Tab. Kind of sounds like hell. It's, it's pretty much bit. the same experience. Pretty much yeah, the same kinda experience. Kind of sounds like hell, just like Dark Souls. Yeah. 
So uh, the crazy thing about Dark Souls is I kind of want to keep playing it. Like there's a new game plus, and I kind of just want to. When I got done, when I got done with it, I kind of just wanted to keep going. Um, and I haven't had that feeling in a game in a really long time. Hmm. It's really, it's really good. It's really good. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the last time I had that feeling, and uh, I think I had to go to the doctor. <laughs> So, there ah. was one piece of news. <laughs> what? There was one piece of news that we didn't uh, we didn't talk about. Dude, the about episode's over. We both stopped recording. Even more important than the PS4 Tell launch. me it. FTL. Oh, my God. You, told, you said this last week. I didn't. I said we didn't say it last week, and we should have. FTL, my favorite game of all time, I think. Wait, of all time? Even more than Rogue Legacy? They're... Oh, I love that. It's like I love both of my children equally, right? It's, it's like trying to compare. Uh, 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 it's right, like trying to compare uh, semen to um, um, helicopter. Men. What? No. See what no. I, see what I did no, there? I don't. It's like trying to compare Gone Home to The Legend of Zelda: A Link Between Worlds. See what I did there? Right. That was a callback no. to earlier in the episode. So, um, FTL. One of my favorite games of all yeah. time is finally, finally, finally going to come out with finally with an iPad version. FTL has come back to iPads. It so from the very first moment that I played FTL, I thought to myself, this game would be so good on iPad. Because it is, it is set up. It is set up initially for an iPad. It's set up for a touch experience. So uh, they finally announced that they're going to be coming out with it on iPad. And the coolest thing that they're doing is for anybody that owns the game. I don't think you get the iPad version for free, but for anybody that owns the game, they're getting a free. It's basically an expansion pack, and it's going to have a bunch of new ships. It's going to have new weapons. It's going to have new subsystems. It's going to have a new quadrant. It's probably going to have a new race. Um, and if you buy the iPad version, you like the iPad version will be the enhanced version with all of those expansion stuff. So it's totally going to bring me back into playing that game obsessively again. And you get even more bonuses if you play it on the corner of uh, Know Your Roll Boulevard and Jabroni Drive. Can I try and say that again? Uh, and it gives yeah, you even wait, rewind it. it. And the game gives you even more bonuses if you play it while physically on the corner of Know Your Roll Boulevard and Jabroni Drive. Uh, it does do that. You are correct. Yeah. Did I sense a little Christopher Walken at the end of that? I kind of accidentally said like a Jabroni Drive. You kind of did. Yeah. Hey, are you going to be uh, – you staying in Minnesota for Thanksgiving? I ah, darn. I, was, I am. I'm actually going to be in Minnesota for both Thanksgiving and Christmas. Well, this year. that's stupid, but that's fine. Well, I was just going to say next week is our 50th anniversary episode. Oh my God, you and I have been married for 50 years. We've been years. doing the podcast for 50 years. and 50, It's our 50 year anniversary. Is. That's incredible. It is. And, uh, it's tough to be the most successful podcast of all time in the history of the universe. You know, it is. It is. There's a lot, there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of baggage. Or bagage. There's a lot of bagage. That's how you pronounce it in, uh, I believe, uh, Rashad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, hey, 
You can subscribe to us on YouTube at youtube.com slash unqualifiedpodcast. So please do that and then tell your friends to do it. And then more people will do I'm going to st- – we're not just going to post uh, vid- our, our podcast on there, you know. Like it's a YouTube channel. So John and I will eventually start posting videos. We just haven't come up with any good ideas yet. That's true. So I I have like – a couple videos on my like phone, I think I vined or something that are vaguely video game related. So I'll I'll start putting stuff there once I find it. It just hasn't happened yet. So there's that. But no, we'll we'll have cool stuff. So you need to subscribe so you're the first to know. And like Christmas is coming, so like maybe I'll get a microphone or something and then I'll be motivated to try really fancy stuff. I I'm not getting a microphone. I didn't ask for one. You probably I won't. already have one. Well, why well, I meant like it would have been like a lav mic or something. Ooh, a lav. Yeah, a lav mic. would be ugh. Oh, a lot. High production. Yeah, we will have more stuff on YouTube for sure. Um, And also, feel free to drop us a review on iTunes. Um, I've said it before, but I always love to read the iTunes reviews. Kind of one of my favorite things ever. I do check them, if not every day, every other day. Yeah, and our super fan, uh, Jamie, won swag, exclusive Plants vs. Zombies 2 E3 swag, uh, by writing us a review. So if you write one, then maybe you'll win something too in the future. Who knows? Not I, certainly. Not no, you. No, not me. No. So uh, there's that. But yeah, do that. And, uh, and then go play Dark Souls so you can cream yourself like John keeps doing. Ultimately, it all boils down to just go play Dark Souls because, my God, that game is good. <sighs> I'm going to go back and play with some Civ Five after we're done recording. Don't you have Batman to play? I do, but see, I had that... You got sick of that game, did you? You don't like that game, do you? You don't like Batman. I love the game. I'm going to review you it. You hate I Batman. hate Batman. Why do you hate Batman he, so much? Because look at him. He loves look you. Look at him. His real name is Bruce. It's kind of a name. Yeah. Is our listener named Bruce? I don't think so. What if our listener's named Bruce? I'm going to feel pretty bad. Yeah. Our one, our one. Li- I'm not gonna feel bad at all. Actually, our one listener. You think his name is Bruce? If our listener's name is Bruce, then we just uh, we just made it so his name isn't Bruce. <laughs> oh. This might be the worst ending to an episode that we've done. No, really.